Hey there, my friends. It is your host, Brother Dell, again of Gospel Repentance Ministries. God bless you for tuning in. And once again, you can reach me via email at questions at willyourepent.com. Once again, the theme is Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hey, what I wanted to talk about in this episode is the idea of can someone still go to hell after Jesus died for their sins? I'll read it again. Can Jesus, I'm sorry, can someone still go to hell after Jesus died for their sins? And I want to talk about this because this is very important because when we are talking to people about the gospel, when we're evangelizing, uh, almost everybody, or at least most people will say that Jesus Christ loves them and died for their sins. And I want to see if I can perhaps get a little bit more technical in regards to this uh, subject matter. I think it's very important that we get some distinctions uh, put into uh, perspective, I guess is what I want to say. And because most people, when they, like I said, when they talk to people about Jesus, they'll say, Jesus loves you and he died for your sins. And the question that I have to ask, that I must ask is, what if a person goes to hell what if a person dies in their sins as Jesus talked about in John chapter 8 verse 24 he said to religious leaders he says if you don't believe that I am he you will die in your sins and what does that actually mean to die in sin means you do not die in Christ they're opposites in other words if you die in sins that means you have died without your sins having been forgiven by God. If you die in Christ, or in other words, if you die in Jesus, if you die in the Lord, then your sins have been forgiven, which means you are a child of the, um, the Son and the Father. And you belong in the kingdom of God. And when you, uh, you die physically, you will wake up in glory. As the Bible says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So therein lies the difference between dying in Christ versus dying in sin. You can't die in sin and also go to heaven and you can't die in Christ and go to hell. So therein lies a very important distinction that we must understand. Okay? So when we say the phrase once again that Jesus loves you and he's died for your sins what if the person never repented did Jesus die for their sins because once again as I just mentioned to you if he if a person dies in sin they're gonna go to hell they're gonna go to they're gonna be eternally separated from their creator and as I've mentioned probably numerous times before matter of fact I know I've mentioned numerous numerous times before that once a person dies and goes to destruction goes to hell you don't get a do-over in other words you can't bargain with God and try to make it right after you have um, rejected the Lord your whole life while you were on the earth 
and you were given numerous times to repent once you heard the gospel or when someone approached you with the gospel. It may have been something as simple as them giving you a, a bulletin from their church, invited you to come to their church and to worship worship God and you refused or you saw a um, you, could, you could have seen a plane with John 316 ride in the sky and we of course know we all know what John 316 says it says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son but here's the necessary condition that whosoever believes that's the necessary condition shall not perish but have eternal life okay so every day that a person lives, they have an opportunity to repent of their sins, of their wickedness, of their rebellion against their maker, God Almighty, and receive the Lord Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, to receive the forgiveness of sins, to have their sins wiped away, and to gain eternal life and be adopted into the family of God. So... I wrote an article a while ago and what I want to do is read some excerpts from that article regarding the whole idea of can someone still go to hell after Jesus died for their sins and this is some of the things that I wrote in the article it says uh, to some this may be an illogical question but for others there may be lingering doubts about what will happen to them when they die I would like to settle the matter once and for all so answering the title question can someone still go to hell after Jesus died for their sins and I said absolutely not why because that is why the father sent the son to be a propitiation or satisfaction that's what propitiation means for the sins of all who would believe and what are we to believe that by confessing Jesus as Lord and that God raised him from the dead we would be saved of course that comes from Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 the sole salvation that God grants to the believer is only an eternal salvation I'm gonna say that again the sole salvation that God grants to the believer is only an eternal salvation what profit is it for Jesus to die for us to only receive a salvation that is temporal in nature or temporary God would have wasted his time sending the son to die a despicable humiliating death and what good is it for us to receive a redemption that does not only save us in this life but also in the life to come the atonement of Christ was completely efficacious meaning that what Christ came to do he accomplished he could not have failed because he is God in the flesh and God always does whatever he wants to do and that comes from Psalm uh, 115 in the third verse alright so that is part of what I said in this article and it's important absolutely essential that we understand that when Christ came to die he accomplished what God the Father sent him to uh, come and do it, it was not something that he did as a sentimental gesture or he died hoping that we would come to uh, save the faith. In other words, that we would come to our senses, believe the gospel, and on our own have the uh, the virtue or the moral fiber to incline ourselves from unbelief into belief and come into the kingdom of God. No, 
in order for you and I to be saved, it is a supernatural act of God Almighty. In other words, as Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 44, he says, No man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Once again, John chapter 6, verse 44. And he says the same thing in John chapter 6, verse 65. No one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. In other words, we're totally inept and incapable of coming to the Son on our own. We don't have what it takes because we're spiritually dead before God resurrects our souls. You understand what I'm saying? And of course, Jesus described that in detail when he was talking to Nicodemus in the third chapter of the Gospel of John. All right. So point being is that salvation is all of God and none of man. The only thing that we are required to do in order to come into the kingdom of God is to believe. And in believing, God has to enable us to do that, too. Remember what Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine says, it says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. In other words, not of men's works, lest, lest we should boast. So in other words, the work has been completed by Jesus Christ when he died on Calvary's cross 20 centuries ago. We did no work. All we were responsible to do is to believe and, and that ability to believe is also comes from God. So we do, in essence, nothing. I mean, you have to understand that salvation is a glorious, wondrous gift that's given by God. It's, it comes from heaven. It does not come from us. If it came from us, then God would not receive the glory and we would boast. We would brag about our own righteousness in our ability to come into the kingdom okay and we definitely don't want to do that that is uh, totally foolish and unwise let me amplify that point what I want to do real quick is go to the book of Titus that's a New Testament book actually Titus was a pastor that Paul had um, brought into uh, that had Paul had instructed. Let's listen to this. This is this is great. Listen to this. It says here. It says, um, remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed. I'm in Titus chapter three, starting with verse one. To malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. Verse three. For we also once were foolish ourselves disobedient deceived enslaved to various lusts and pleasures spending our life in malice and envy hateful hating one another here's the contrast here's the wonderful contrast but when the kindness of god our savior and his love for mankind appeared he saved us listen to this not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness Ooh, that's important but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. 
This is a trustworthy statement, and concerning these things I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. All right, that is uh, Titus chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. So, once again, the writer who is Paul says, He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness. In other words, man's righteousness is uh, unable to bring about the justification by God to save our souls. Amen. So that is very, very key and very important to uh, remember and to understand. Our righteousness is filthy. As a matter of fact, it says in Isaiah chapter 64, and so we have to take on the Lord's righteousness in order for our justification to be validated uh, by God. Our righteousness does not count. Our righteousness is filthy because it comes from an evil heart. And because of our, our sin nature, God has to reject our righteousness, which is impure. And when we believe, we are granted his righteousness. So very important for us to remember. So it is absolutely critical that we understand that we who are in Christ, of course, will not go to hell, you know, because he died for our sins. And when it says he died for our sins, he didn't just die for our sins and and then it's up to us to finalize God's salvation plan. In other words, if we choose not to believe, then we have neutralized the power of the uh, cross. What I am driving at, or the point that I'm trying to make clear, hopefully, is that if you die in sin, Listen to me very carefully. This is very, very important that you understand this. And, and a lot of you listening to this probably will disagree with what I'm saying. If you die in sin, in other words, if you die and go to hell, your sins weren't forgiven. Your sins could not have been forgiven if you die and go to hell. And here's how I know, because you will pay the penalty for your own sins forever in a hellish um, torment. All right. Now, if your sins have truly been forgiven, that means Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sins. That means God the Father punished him for your sins and you will never have to pay for your sins ever again, not in this life or in the life to come. But if you die in sin, you die and go to hell. That proves that your sins were not forgiven. Now, let me make this clear as well as I hurry to a close is that the provision is there for every single person that will live. The provision is there. Okay. In other words, Jesus Christ dying and shedding his blood for sin. The sufficiency is there. His blood sacrifice, his atonement is sufficient for all people for all time, but it's not going to be efficient. Listen to me. It's not going to be efficient for those who die, who reject the Lord Jesus Christ, who rebel against him, who mock him and who mock his people that have loved sinners enough to share the gospel with them so that they might come into the kingdom of, of God 
and receive salvation of their souls and be adopted into his family and receive the benefits of being a child of God. You understand what I'm saying? Do you understand the difference? The sufficiency is there once again. When Jesus shed his blood, that, that, that sufficiency became available to all who believe. But if you do not believe and you reject that sufficiency, then the efficiency of the cross will not be applied to you because you've rejected the sufficiency, which would bring about the efficiency. Now, I hope I'm making sense here. So it's only efficient and it's only effective to those who place their trust, who truly place their trust in Jesus Christ in him alone for the forgiveness of sins and for the salvation of your soul and for your justification all right so that is the argument that I am presenting that if you die in sin your sins have not been forgiven because if your sins are forgiven then you didn't you, you don't die in sin you die in Christ it's either or uh, brothers and sisters and ladies and gentlemen it's either or either you are in sin which means your sins are not forgiven you're going to pay the penalty for your own sins in hell like a fire or if you are in Christ then Christ has paid in full the penalty for your sins he endured the wrath of God he endured God's anger and God placed the God the father rather placed his anger and his wrath upon the son and treated him as if he had sinned even though he knew no sin once again as 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 and but for those who die without Christ they die having rebelled against him even though the sufficiency was there and when the gospel was preached to those individuals they refused to believe they rejected the truth for whatever for one reason or another because they love their sin they love their darkness as Jesus said in John chapter 3 then you pay the penalty for eternity for your own sin you rejected the only way to to everlasting life you rejected the only way to have your sins removed because you despised the sacrifice of Christ you spit upon it you trampled upon it you treated it as if it was a uh, dirty when it was the only avenue, the only way that you could have had your sins forgiven, it was right there in front of you and you refused it. So you deserve the penalty that you're going to get if you reject the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I am saying to you, those who are listening, repent of your sins, repent today, repent right now. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation, you believe that he is Lord and that God raised him from the dead on the third day. The Bible says you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Please do that today. Don't put it off because you may not have tomorrow. None of, the, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. All right. This is Brother Delia Ho signing off. God bless you. I'll check you next time.